Sorry about that. I'm sorry that you guys... No, that works. Okay. Let's see if this works. Hello? Can you hear me? Awesome. Oh, I love that. I love the excitement. Well, today is the month of missions. It's our first time that we are going to be... Not, not our first time. That's bad, bad, bad English. It is another time where we get to really just focus on missions. And my task is really to bring out what the word means to missions and why it's necessary. And so what I thought I'd do today is begin with uh, a passage that we probably have read many times. And I think it's a, a necessary passage that we have to really just walk through and think through. And it's Psalm 19. Psalm 19 is an amazing psalm. By the way, it's in an amazing word. And it is true. And it is a faithful text. Because listen, we do not go about our own opinions. We go about what the word of God says. And as Pastor Eric has already read to us, let God be true and every man a liar. God's word is sufficient. It is enough. We know that it is everything we need to practice for life and godliness. It's everything we need to press on and to press in unto Christ. And so this text is probably one of my favorite texts because it's an exciting text. Hopefully you'll see that same excitement. Uh, hopefully that's not as distracting as it was for me. So what I'd like to do is let's just begin very simply with uh, this amazing text, and we're going to read it together. If you're able to stand as we read the Word of God, let's start in uh, Psalm 19. We're going to read the entire psalm. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech, nor language, with a voice is not heard. Their line is gone through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is a, as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of heaven and his circuit is unto the ends of it and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. His judgment, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant ward, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from my secret faults. Keep thy servant back also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me, and then I shall be upright, and I shall be innocent from the, from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord my strength and my redeemer. Father, as we read this psalm, Lord God, 
it should give us the desire of our heart. When we read that last verse, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the med mouth and my meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer, you are our rock and our fortress. You are the one in whom we come and trust and rest. Because Lord God, there is no other ground that is as secure as that foundational rock of Christ Jesus. So I ask that you would bless us today as we walk through your word. May Christ be exalted, your name be praised. May our hearts be encouraged and may we just walk faithful to your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. All right, uh, so one of the things as we're walking through this text, I want you to see a few truths. And what, what I want you to see is that general revelation has been given to all men. God shows us who he is through creation. But then God has given his word, his written word, for the redemption of his people. And we are refined and then we are called to go and share this with the world with a lost and dying world that's heading in a direction that is destructive because their hearts want when they want what they want when they want it by the way my heart wants what it wants when it wants it as well so i guess in a way i'm not that different aside from the fact that i've been blood bought and redeemed by the blood of the lamb and so i'm thankful for that so our first truth today is God gave general revelation to all men, to you, to me, to every man, whether they be atheist, agnostic, Muslim, Buddhist, all men have access to this word of God, except for those that do not have the Bible in their tongue. That's why we need ministries like Wycliffe that translates the Bible into the tongues of the peoples because guys the gospel is important and we need his word in order to understand his will for our lives aren't you ever curious on why God chose to use human language to create the world have you ever thought about that he does that so that you would understand he doesn't leave us to flounder about figuring out, oh my goodness, who is this God? He gives us his word so that we would know him and make him known. So let's begin with this passage. And uh, so if you look at the title of it, it says, uh, the Lord's, uh, I'm reading from the wrong one because my page flipped because I love the wind. And it says, the heavens declare God's glory to the chief musician a psalm of david this is a song a prayer a mascal of david he is going to teach us some rich and valuable truth david wrote this prayer this song and he he is just praising the god who made it all and formed it all but then he praises the god who actually gave his written word his law for his people so David begins with this praise on how creation declares and proclaims or shouts about God. Look at Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. The heavens declare the glory of God. They shout about his creative power. They 
So what is glory? Have you ever thought about that? I think sometimes we use words and we don't fully grasp the meaning of them. Because yeah, even in the garden, I think Adam and Eve actually understood the word death. But did they understand the ramifications of death? Probably not. But what's really important is this word glory. They, creation actually shines, shines as to who God is. It, it illuminates his creative process in making the sun, the moon, and the stars this, these, these heavens, the sky above and the universe above, the sun, moon, and stars and their courses above. I want you to really think about that. Guys, today I'm going to actually prove my pastor's right. And I'm going to sing for you. Great is thy faithfulness. You know that song? I'm not going to sing yet. Oh God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Now listen. Summer and winter, springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Great is thy faithfulness, Great is thy faithfulness, morning, night, morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed thy... Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Sorry, I'm not a really good singer, but I really do love to sing. And they're right. They're so spot on. Amazing. So the heavens declare the glory of God. The earth shows who he is. And so I want you to think about this. Psalm 33 verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. God made every star in the sky. And if you go to Psalm 147, 4, it says, And he gave them each a name. He gave them each a name. And what, what I love about it, and if you know Psalm 147.3, it says he is near to the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Then the next verse says, and he gives the stars a name. And you are much more important than that because you are made in the image of God. And so... So it's amazing. So he has numbered every star. He has named them. The creativity of God is astounding. It is amazing to think about all that he has done. All the heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens declare, and here's more to the glory. It, it declares the weightiness, the splendor, the honor, the brightness, the majesty that belongs to God. This should make you shout, Amen! You don't have to. It's fine. Okay, so the heavens are amazing. Look at verse 2. It says, day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. So day unto day, the, his creation speak, his heavens speak. The heavens speak as through his creative work. His work in creation in the nighttime sky. And, and, and it's, you may, even though the stars are not seen in the day, they still exist. Because the other part of the earth sees those stars. 
Oh, one of the best things is in the day, in the day I, I do traffic at the school, and so I'm there in the morning, and sometimes the moon is amazingly huge, and God lets us see it. Do you know why? Because the moon reflects the sun, and we get to see it illuminated even in the day. By the way, just this is more of an add-on for you. As the moon reflects the sun, may we too reflect the sun. Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so, it's awesome. So, it's a, the heavens speak so loud. And, and, and it doesn't speak verbally, but it speaks volumes as to the greatness of God. It is amazing to me that there's no language or the voice of this declaration of the heavens of God uh, uh, that God has made doesn't speak. Because you can see this language, whether you speak uh, Hindi or Italian or, or Hebrew or you pick a language. Because the universal existence of God is made evident or real or, or, or something that we can see and witness in all men, to all men all peoples, all tongues, when no one can deny uh, or even be declared innocent of not knowing God. This is amazingly true. I want you to listen to what Paul says in uh, Romans 1.18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all, all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. God has shown it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world, listen, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power in Godhead. So that we are, listen, without excuse. I know you are all a little like me and you love excuses, but we are without excuse. And so, so I want you to think about this. So God's wrath, God's holy anger, righteous indignation against all sin is revealed and made known from the heavens. And he is against all the unrighteousness of men. Because he is a sovereign, holy God. You know, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He is the Holy One. Perfectly different, perfectly set apart. And his wrath, his anger is revealed. And men hold God's truth in unrighteousness. Now, what does that mean? Now, guys, it probably means a lot deeper than what, what I'm about to say. But think about it. We are made in the image of God. We have the imprint of the image of God on us. And we take it and we hold it ransom in, you know, to truth. We do not want truth. And so we deny that God has made us. We deny that God has formed us. We deny that if you're a male, he's made you a male. And if you're a woman, he's made you a woman. Guys, let me let you know there are only two sexes. And you're born what you are and you will remain what you are until you're dead where you are. And so, for those that are struggling like that, man, there's hope for a look at the Savior. 
There's hope in Christ because he is the one that makes all things new. And he can renew your mind and renew your heart so that you would seek him and trust him and surrender to him and, and submit to him. So though they're made in the image of God and the glory of God, they would rather deny God, reject him because he does not fit into their plans. Guys, when the gospel does not fit into your plans, you probably do not know the God of the gospel, no matter what you claim. And so what may be known of God through creation has been manifested in them. They, they have the very image of God, not only are they a testimony unto themselves, but God has shown it to him, showed them to shown himself to them, and he is real and active. And by the way, let me just add this little tidbit of information. God is not to be trifled with. He is not to be trifled with. He is God. And he, 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 he doesn't just need to be listened to. He, need to. he needs to be heeded. We must submit to Christ and Christ alone. So the invisible things of God are clear, clear or crystal clear in creation. And listen to what it says. Being understood by the things that have been made. All men know God is real. But what they do with it is a different story. I always wonder, and please, this is no disrespect to the atheist. Because, is this thing off? Okay. Uh, let me see if I could speak louder or fix it. Hello. Um. Try this again. And. Nope, nope, nobody likes me. Okay, we're going to try a different mic because I love you and I want you to hear me. I got the better mic now. Let's hope it works too. Can you hear me now? All right. Uh, technical difficulties. Okay, don't worry about it. Improvise, adapt. Okay, that's all right. One second, one more time. Come on, see. Oh wait, wait, wait! I heard something. Hello. All right, all right. Cool. You got me. Yay. Praise be to God. Did it go off again? Hello. Hello. All right. Oh, technical difficulties all the way around. I, I'm just testing your, your listening skills. There we go. Let's try this again. All right. Woohoo! Okay. Is it off again? Oh. You got me? All right. Praise God for these little moments of, uh, of appointment that God calls us to go back and pray. So let's do that. <laughs> oh, Father, I praise you, Lord God, for the technical difficulties. And now, Lord God, would you lead us through the rest of the proclaimed word, Lord God? We want to rest in you and rely on you. Because, Lord God, you are amazing and awesome. Thank you for your mercies. 
right now be glorified as we continue. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to think about this. This is really important. Guys, everybody has faith. From the agnostic to the atheist, everyone has faith. How do I know that, you ask? Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. We who believe in Christ have this faith of what we hope for, even though we don't clearly see all the evidences. We don't see God. By the way, we would have no need of faith if we saw our Savior face to face. Think about that a moment. Well, what about the atheists, you say? Well, they believe God doesn't exist because they cannot see God, and so hence, they believe that he doesn't exist. And I wonder sometimes, when you think about this, I wonder, as, as when you look at the universe, how much of it do we really know? Anyone have an idea? Not even a little dot. But we think we know God does not exist. That's a sad, sad thing. And so just we're going to move on. So his eternal power and Godhead is clearly understood by everything, every man. They are without excuse. They cannot say, well, I was watching Tom and I don't want to be a Christian like that. I'm not the one you're supposed to follow. Christ is the one you're supposed to follow. Because I will let you down at every turn. That's in my nature. I have this sin nature in me. I may, I may be rude. I may be obnoxious. I might be somewhat prideful at times. And maybe I would even think I can sing or something like that. But the thing is, I am not your rule of thumb. Christ is. His word is. So let's move on. So in Psalm 19, 4 through 6, we're going to do kind of a... A, a broad overview here. The word goes forth to the ends of the earth. The heavens, he has set up a tabernacle for the sun, a tent for the sun to dwell in, where it goes through its courses like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. And, and the world is expecting the sun to shine each morning, and it brings hope for a new day. The sun comes out with its power and its cycle through the sky to the end of it, Nothing is hidden from the heat thereof. The heavens are a reflection of God's goodness to his people. Because without the sun, these trees would not grow. It gets its sustenance from those, I don't even know what it's called, the, the ray things that come from the sun. Photo, photograph? No, genetics? Yeah, you know what I mean. So, we're going to move on because we don't want to go through my science skills. So God has sent this this testimony of the sun which shows his sustaining power and his promises that they are for his people i thought i'd give you some evidence from god's word because you know that is what we are proclaiming today so jeremiah chapter 31 verse 35 says this thus saith the lord which giveth the sun uh, for a light by day and the ordinance of the moon and the stars for a light by night which divideth the sea when the waves thereof raw, roar and the Lord of hosts is his name if those ordinances depart from me saith the Lord then the seed of Israel shall cease from being a nation before me if the sun would stop shining then his promises are not true he keeps the sun doing its sunly duties. 
He keeps the, uh, the moon and the stars and the courses above. He does this because he is the sustaining God, but he's also the promising God who has promised his people precious promises, and the sun is just a reflection of his promise to his people. And that is awesome. Okay? So the sun rises, and the night comes through, the sun, moon, and stars, and the waves come this far, no farther. God controls it all. And so it's just confirming his promises. Should these ordinances cease, Israel would cease to be a nation. By the way, should those ordinances cease, we would stop being a people. And so, if heaven can be measured, and the foundation of the earth can be numbered, then God... We, if we could count every grain of sand, then it says God would cast off his people. We cannot count every grain of sand. By the way, if you're like me, you get to like 50 and you kind of forget and start counting back. 50, 59, 50. And, and I've done that. Don't judge. Just let you know, some of us do not have a lot of math skills. And so... So the heavens can be numbered. Guys, here's, here's what I want you to see. God never leaves us without a witness. He never leaves us without a witness. And guys, here's what you are going to see soon, is his word is that witness. Creation is a witness, but his word is that witness as well. Romans 1.18, we, uh, we already read. And so when you think through 1.18 through 20, for God has revealed his wrath from heaven against all ungodliness. He has done it. God has shown it to them. And even though this world has been tainted with sin and tainted with lust, God is still clearly seen and is understood by the creation he has made. He is evident. Guys, God's word is, is amazing. This general revelation, though, I want to let you know, is clearly good. But general revelation cannot save. This is why we need God's word. General revelation cannot save. This is why we need God's word. So God gave us his special revelation. That's the word of God. He gave us his special revelation in order to redeem his people. If you're here and you know Christ, he has redeemed you and set you free from the curse of of death that is true so he gave us his word so that all men can look to the word of god and find salvation should they look to god psalm 19 verse 7 the law of the lord is perfect converting the soul the testimony of the lord is sure making wise the simple so the law of the lord the, the law of the great I am is perfect. What is this law? It is his written word. By the way, it's not just from Genesis to the end of the Old Testament. It's from Genesis to Revelation. His word is sure. It, it is sure the great I am has, has, has penned this through men so that we would know what he has for us so that we would be redeemed and saved 
and sanctified and made whole. So the law of God is perfect, complete, it's whole and sound. It has power to convert the souls of men. This perfect law of God can actually reveal, reveal the flaws of men and move them to look to God, to look to the God of salvation instead of just keeping some law. Guys, the Jewish people were guilty of something. They were. They were guilty of loving the law, but not the lawgiver. It's okay to love the law, but we must also love the lawgiver. Because without the lawgiver, the law is useless. It cannot perform its function. And so, so this law of God, just keeping his law, cannot say we must be radically changed from the inside out. We must be radically changed because the, the, this law moves us to be converted for the glory of his name. What David will do in this book is he will re rename the law several times, giving it a different thing that it does. So he gives it a, 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 as an antecedent and a consequence. He gives them all. Okay, no, well, not consequence. Consequence can be good too. Just say, just say that. So I want you to think of this. The testimony of God, which is also his law, converts, um, you know, what ails us, and he makes the simple wise. He makes the simple wise. He makes those that do not know him to know him. That's, that, you know, it, see the law, all it can do is reflect what's already inside. It is a mirror to show us our sinfulness, but we need God to save us. This is what he does. So praise God that he converts and enlightens the simple so that they would know his ways. Psalm 19, 8 says, the statutes of the Lord are, are right, rejoice in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. So these statutes of the great I am, these laws, causes hearts to rejoice and continue to make the heart rejoice. For the law brings men to be converted and then it gives them wisdom so that they can walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. Psalm 19.9, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. I love this. The fear of the Lord, the respect, the honor, the, the knowledge of the great I am is clean, it's pure, it's honorable, and it will, it will, it will endure forever. It will endure forever. The fear of the Lord comes from reading, studying, applying his word to our lives. The judgments of God, the law of the Lord are always true and they're always right, for they reflect the God who is always right. Remember that, that Romans 3, 4 passage? Let God be true and every man a liar. He is true. And so his word is true. Because just for fun, this is not, uh, this is just a freebie. In John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and was with God in the beginning. Then it tells us that the word made it all. 14 says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the word of God. Who And so Psalm 19, verse 10, more to be desired. I love this part. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold and sweeter 
also than the honey and the honeycomb. The word of God should be more desirable than gold. Guys, gold can be stolen and gold can waste away. But the word of God never does. It should be so sweet to us. We should seek the truth of the word as though it were the finest treasures of pearls or gold or silver or diamonds. You know, it reminds me of the, the pearl of great price. Two, two ways to say one found a pearl of great price, hid it, then went back, sold everything and came back and purchased the land where the pearl was. And another one found a pearl of great price. He was looking for it. As soon as he found it, he went and sold everything else and he bought it. Guys, God's word is better than that. Because God's word can bring life. Life. So we should seek the word of God as if we seek these treasures. Guys, sometimes I think when we think of that whole sweeter than honey and the honeycomb, we're thinking, okay, that's kind of weird. You know, but I want you to think about this passage. Psalm 1, verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he, medit he doth meditate day and night. So the delight of men should be the law of God, which is precious. But guys, that word delight comes from the word delicious. God's word should be delicious to us. We should want it. Not like I want pizza. We should desire it as if it is our sustaining breath. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul thirsts after, after you. I could sing that one, but again, I don't want to make it too bad for you. Joshua 1.8, the book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe, it, observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt be shall make thy way prosperous, and then and then then thou shalt have good success. So this book of the law is not meant to depart or leave our mouths. It should be always on our lips. It should always be in our minds. We should meditate on it so that we could do all that is written therein. So God's word is sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. It satisfies hunger. I, I, I think it's Ezekiel in chapter 3. It says, and I ate the scroll and it was sweetness. It was sweetness to him. So the word of God is our precious food. I want you to think of Jesus. Everyone, you know, because this is a sermon at church, right? Jesus, okay? Jesus in Matthew 4.4. 4. He's being tempted by the wicked one. And uh, he says, wait, turn that rock into some bread, get you some food. And here's Jesus' words. Listen, it is written. By the way, I love God's word. When it says it is written, that means we have some backup from the Old Testament. Right? I, I love it. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but what? Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. In his weakness, in his hunger, Jesus knew who God was and knew his word and knew his promises. Jesus rested in the fact that he would live by the words that come out of God the Father. That comes from God's written word. He quoted scripture in his temptation. What do we do in temptation? Oh yeah, that's right. We give in. 
Sorry, if that was too convicting, forgive me. Let the word convict you, not me. So, by the way, I say that because I'm guilty. Maybe that's too much information. Okay, so our true values should be built and rooted on the, in the glory of God and the beauty of the cross. And so, Galatians 2.16, listen to what this says. Because guys, a lot of people today are going by what they do, not who they know. Galatians 2.16 says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For listen, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Listen, though the law is perfect, the law cannot save. It is Christ that saves. It is God that saves. Why is Abraham counted righteous? Because of what he did? Or because of his faith? So faith is what saves. No flesh will be justified. No one will be made right by the works of the law. That's why I love Jeremiah. Uh, by the way, Jeremiah is a book I preached out of for a long time. I'm not going to do that to you today. Jeremiah 4.4. 4. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart. Ye men of Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. Remember, circumcision here is not a physical circumcision. It is to remove the sin that is in our hearts. I believe it's referring to salvation. Look to Christ and live. That's how Charles Spurgeon came to Christ. He went to this church, and there's a guy that didn't preach well, and Spurgeon admitted it, and he goes, even though he was not all that good, he quoted scripture, and all the scripture said is, look to Christ. Look to Christ. And so we must look to Christ. What is the good of having outward signs when there is no inward change? It's like being baptized without Christ is just taking a bath. Uh, our third and final truth is his word refines and animates us to proclaim the gospel. His word refines and animates us to Proclaim the gospel. Look at uh, Psalm 19, verse 11. Moreover, by them thy servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. His law, his word, is a warning. It is a warning to sinners and saints. It is a warning for all men. Those that read it stand warned that there is great blessing in keeping his word. But the opposite must also be said. Those who don't will face a great judgment. A great punishment if they do not repent and believe the gospel. If they do not heed and follow the word of God. Psalm 19.12. I love this question. It says, who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Who can understand his errors? Can anyone here understand their errors? Do you ever, do you always understand why you, you sinned against God? Sometimes you wonder, Lord, I don't even know where that came from. But you know, I'll be honest with you. I've said that to the Lord and immediately I said, oh Lord, I know where it came from. 
It came from within my heart. There is this battle going on in the hearts of men. In my heart, in your heart. This is what happens. But here's the deal. Who can understand his errors? Well, none of us can, but he can. That's why the psalmist immediately says right afterwards, cleanse me from my secret faults. And so no human, even if we were redeemed, you know, can, can understand our errors, but we can rely on God's word and God who understands. This is why the psalmist begs God to cleanse him from these secret sins, from these sins that he doesn't even recognize he's doing. Um, unknown sins can over, easily overtake us unawares. They kind of hit us blindside. I'll give you one of the most, um, the, the most recognizable sin that I fall into that I never realize. You ready? Pride. I'm really good at pride. I have achieved pride. Okay? And so, arrogance. But you know what? Cleanse me from my secret faults. Man, you know, and Lord, reveal them to me. I want to be holy. I don't want to do it my way. Even if there's the pull to do it my own way. And so, May God reveal those sins to us and bring us to repentance. Look at Psalm 19:13. Keep back thy servant from also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. And then I shall be upright and I shall be innocent from great transgression. Guys, shouldn't this be the prayer of our hearts? Oh Lord, will you please keep me from sinning against you willfully? Keep me from sinning against you willfully. Do not let my sin have dominion over me anymore. By the way, guys, this is why we go to him in prayer, because we cannot do it on our own. You know, I always get concerned when I see people having this, this time of how many years they haven't had a drink, or how many days they haven't looked at porn, or how many days they haven't enlisted a thing. Sometimes keeping track of how many days is almost setting us up for the day that we don't. Why don't we just honor God and do what he says? Okay, I'm not minimizing. I'm really not. Just this is a, this is a Tom thing, not a... Yeah, I'm going to stop. Okay. Psalm 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart... Listen, I love this. Be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So may the Lord let the meditations of our hearts, as they match him, as they match his word, may, may you let the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. You know, this does not mean that God will conform his heart to ours. What this means is he will change our affections, our desires, to his desires. Guys, we are utterly dependent on him. And he does not need to change. In fact, he cannot change. There is no shadow of turning with him. He changes not. His compassions, they fail not. As he has been, he forever will be. For great is his faithfulness. And so, the psalm is, is really... 
I want to get you to, to this. I want you to jump back to verse 11 for a moment. And it says, uh, sorry, it says, Moreover, by then thy servant is warden, and keeping them there is great reward. Think about that for a moment. Even though this does not have a direct call to preach the gospel, it is a direct call to preach the gospel. Because, guys, who can understand the errors? We proclaim the word of God so men may hear the word of God, so they may repent and believe the word of God. And so we have to understand that there is so much. I want you to listen. We're going to just do a, like a sum up of the chapter. And you're thinking, didn't we do that enough? But it's okay. This psalm is calling us to proclaim the word, his word. And moreover, or besides this word of God being perfect, it converts souls. The testimony of it is sure. It makes simple people wise. Statutes are right and they rejoice the heart and continue to rejoice the heart. It's, it's the commandments are pure. They enlighten the eyes. They're more desirable than gold, sweeter than honey. And the fear of the Lord is, you know, is clean and it endures how long? Forever. And his judgments are true and righteous altogether. And sinners are warned. And the wrath of God against sin has been revealed. And it's time for people to trust him. So what do we do with all this? Well, first, saints, I want to encourage you to do this. Hebrews 2.1 says, Therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. I'm going to read that again. Therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. So therefore, by the way, when you read chapter 1, it's, it's proclaiming Christ. Guys, but therefore, all of Scripture will bear down to this point. Therefore, let us give more careful heed, attention, and focus on what God's word said, lest at any time we should let them drift. I am not a boater. I think that's what they're called. Or naval uh, 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 the navigator thing, boat thingies. But that word drift is a nautical term. Let, let, unless we let them drift or slip away. I've never had a boat. I don't intend to. But when a boat is not tied off well, what happens? It drifts away. Either it gets too far from the dock or it dashes upon the rocks. Guys, that's what happens in the lives of saints when they do not take heed and pay careful attention to the word of God. That's why the psalmist says, oh, in keeping them, there's great reward. Keep your servant uh, uh, back from presumptuous sins. Because God is the redeemer. So, Keep all these truths that you've learned. By the way, our job is to not let them slip. But then also, it is to live them out. Guys, we are to live out what God's word says, and he has called us to be a people that share the gospel. You know, by the way, think about it this way. Most of the time, seemingly biblical men have drifted away from the gospel. And it is because they were not paying attention, paying attention to the word of God, but to the thoughts of men. 
their own thoughts have usurped God's word. That's why you have heretics like Andy Stanley saying, we, knew, we no longer need to say, thus saith the Lord. Blasphemy. If we don't have the word of God, what do we have? And so, God's word will call us to holiness and righteousness. When we are in Christ, we are called to give the warning, sound the alarm, and there is a reckoning coming. There is a judgment coming. We must be about God's word. Moreover, by them you are serving his word and keeping them as great reward. Psalm 1911. If we are his servants, then we should heed this warning for our own lives. But if we are his servants, we should be proclaiming these truths for, uh, to, uh, for others to hear of what Christ has done. We are, to, we are to point people to Christ and introduce them to Jesus. I didn't realize the train came this far. Am I preaching too long? All right. So, guys, we're supposed to be a missionary people. That's our goal. That's our responsibility. I, I, love, I love this. The psalmist in Psalm 22, 27 says, all the ends of the earth shall remember and turn unto the Lord. I love it. All the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. This psalmist, this is a praise that he would proclaim God's word as after God had blessed him. And he says, and I will proclaim it and the nations will come as well. The psalmist understood that after God saved him, he knew he would not only praise God, but he would proclaim the salvation of God to any and all who would hear. Because, and how you know that is because all nations, all kindreds, all tongues, all people groups will worship the one true God. We are to be a missionary people because of the work of the great work of God that he has done in our hearts because he has has given us a word that must be proclaimed listen you want to live your lives so that people would know you love Jesus that's fine but you better give them the gospel with your mouth it's not enough to just live for Jesus we must speak the gospel with our mouths even when it's difficult and hard God's word must be proclaimed even if no one is listening, even if they're all rejecting you. Let me tell you something else. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. God's word is always true. God's word always always, always accomplishes what God has called it to accomplish. It will never come back void. It will never come back empty. Jesus, the word of God, has accomplished what God had sent him to do. He has saved his people from their sins, and he will continue to do so until the day he returns or calls us home. He himself said, it is finished. It's a done deal. He will do what he promises. So we are to proclaim this word, for the word is, is what saved us. Christ has saved us. Psalm 105, 
Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So if his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, lighten our path step by step, we should be proclaiming this gospel to all men. To all men. Romans 7, 14. How shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? It is written, as it is written, how beautiful of the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, who has believed our report? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. That's almost biblical, right? That's scripture. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. We are called to proclaim it, to proclaim it so that men would look to Christ and live. But I want you to look back at 14. How are they going to call on Jesus whom they've never heard about? And if they've never heard about him, how are they going to believe in him? And if they've never, if not believed in him or heard of him, how are they going to do it if a preacher doesn't go and preach the gospel? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Like Paul and Barnabas and then Paul and Silas, they were sent to preach the gospel. That is their task. And then I love how pa uh, Pastor Doug had brought it back. And then they went back into Antioch and proclaimed all that God had done with the proclamation of the gospel. That is awesome. They were sent out for the gospel. Because it is the gospel that saves and the gospel that holds and the gospel that keeps. Guys, your job is not to figure out who will hear your message. Your job is to proclaim the message. For faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. Listen, general revelation is amazing. Special revelation is awesome. Okay, because that's how we know where to find salvation. His word refines us, but then it should animate us and call us to be about the gospel and the gospel alone. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your mercies. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for Christ. Thank you so much that we get to worship you today. Thank you so much that your word is true. Thank you so much that your word is what's necessary for missions. I'm thankful for a church that loves missions, that they commit a month to missions, but not just this month of missions, but we're always about missions. Lord God, we're, we are, we're always told, Lord God, we know what people love by what they spend their money on. And when I look at our budget, it is filled with missions. I'm thankful for that, Lord God. What a gift of grace that you've given us to be a, a church that is on missions. On mission with you to preach the gospel to a lost and dying world. Let Christ be exalted, your name be praised, honored and adored. In Jesus' name, amen.
Stand. We will finish our service today with Grace Unmeasured. <laughs> 